right. Everyone in Ephesians 4, verse 11. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, if I said to you in verse 11, that's a very famous or well-known verse in the church. If I said to you, other than he and himself talking about Jesus, what's the most important word in that verse? Um, some might say apostles. Some might say prophets. Some might say pastors. But I submit to you tonight the most important word in verse 11, other than he and himself referring to Jesus, is some. I want you to notice that verse. He himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Four times. That word is in there four times. If God puts a word in there over and over again, you know, you, you think, well, maybe there's something we ought to look at here. You know why I think there are just some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers? You want to know why? Because they're not that important. You don't need that many of them. It's not that they're important and there are some elite group like we've looked at in the past. They're not an elite group. It's just that they're not the main part. The main part is in verse 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You, need, you don't need some saints. You need many saints. And you need a whole lot more saints than you do apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Is that right? And yet somehow in the church we have flip-flopped that. And everybody wants to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. And nobody wants to be a saint. And if you don't have any saints, you don't need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because they're out of a job. Because the only job they have is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Do you know what? We've said that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know what we say? We say they're in full-time ministry. They're not in full-time ministry. Matter of fact, they're in no-time ministry. You know what they are? They're in full-time equipping. Their job is equipping. But let me tell you who's in full-time ministry. Hello? Who? Saints. You know, this is the highest platform I've ever preached from. I mean, I just feel terrible. Are you hearing me? You know. Is this okay? Golly, that is huge. Monty and I pulled up over here on the side, and we saw this door over here. Performer's entrance in only. I said, so do you think we need to go in there? <laughs> I hope not. Is that all right if I come down on this thing? That's huge up there. So, uh, But the saints are the most important part. Are you following me? See? Now, let me tell you something. I'm a saint too. So as a saint, I do ministry. But not as a prophet. As a prophet, I equip you to do ministry. When, when someone sets an appointment up with pastor. And they come in and meet with Pastor Allen, and he prays with them, or he counsels with them, or he takes them through deliverance. He is not 
doing that. See, that's what we thought. We pay the pastor to do the ministry. No, you don't. You pay him to get you to work. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> you pay him to equip you. You see? So when someone comes in and meets with him, if he ministers to them, he's acting like a saint. Because saints counsel, saints teach, saints pray for the sick, saints uh, minister, saints lead people to Christ, saints disciple people. But pastors equip saints to do it. Are y'all following me? And, and what we've come here tonight to do as prophets and in the morning tomorrow night is to, through the prophetic, equip you more for the work of the ministry. But we didn't come to do the work of the ministry. Now, uh, if we leave... And, and we go, uh, let's say, to a restaurant. Now, we're on this fast, so we, we, we've learned how to order vegetable soup with no vegetables. And I tell you what, we've had some good witnessing experiences out of this because their waitresses are real curious, you know, why you're doing this, you know, medical reasons or what. And yeah, oh, man. We just got back from Presbyterian a week ago, Bonnie and I, and we were in New York City. I'm going to tell you what, Texans know how to eat, but New Yorkers know how to eat too. There's a restaurant on every corner. And it smells. It's like they have some type of an exhaust that blows the smell out and into the street, you know. So anyway, the point is, though, you, you just you witness. So my point is if we go to a restaurant and we witness to the waitress, we're not witnessing as, um, you know, prophets in the body of Christ or vocational uh, ministers. We're witnessing as saints. Are y'all following me? See? And, and any time your pastor ministers at the altar, he is not ministering as a professional. He's not doing... He's, see, when he's in the pulpit, teaching, preaching, he's equipping. That's his pastor. But when he comes down here and he begins praying for people, now he's just being a saint. He's just ministering to people. That, that's just what saints do. Are you all following me? And for years in the church, we've had the philosophy that the pastor is the minister. He's the equipper to equip you for the work of the ministry. My grandfather put his job, he worked for the Texas Highway Department, his job was to put asphalt in potholes. That's what he did. He and another guy drove a big truck, looks like a dump truck, and they would go down the highway and they would take shovels of asphalt, fill up potholes, pack it down. You follow me? The guy that worked with him was a Christian. My grandfather was not a Christian. Every day, this guy whose job was to put asphalt in potholes. He was not an apostle. He was not a prophet. He was not an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. He was a pothole filler. That's what he was. But he was a saint. And every day he shared Christ with my grandfather. And one uh, day my grandfather said, you know, I'd like to hear more about this. And so he said, why don't you come over tonight after dinner? Inviting my grandfather over. The man invited my grandfather over. So after dinner, my grandfather started to leave, and my father was 16 years old and had just gotten his driver's license. So he said, where are you going? 
And my grandfather said, well, I'm going to meet the man I work with and talk with him for a while. And so my father, 16 years old, just having gotten his driver's license, what did he say? Can I drive you? And so my grandfather said, okay, but you have to stay outside while we talk. So my father drove him over there. And then when my grandfather went in, he sat in the, my father sat in the car for a while and he did everything that 16-year-olds do, you know, checked out the car for 30 minutes or so and finally got bored with it. And so he went up and sat on the steps of the porch. No air conditioning back then, so the doors opened, but the screen doors closed. And for the first time, the first time, my father heard the gospel through the screen door. And the man putting asphalt in potholes, sharing the gospel with my grandfather, did not even know of the 16-year-old boy sitting on the porch. But as he was sharing Christ with my grandfather, my father heard the gospel and was convicted by the Spirit of God. And this man said to my grandfather, would you like to give your life to Christ? And my grandfather said, no, not tonight. I'd like to think about it. And this man, he was such a good saint, said, well, if you ever decide to, you need to pray a prayer like this. And as the man said the prayer in the living room, my father said the prayer on the steps and gave his life to Christ. My father went on to be a, a very godly and very successful businessman and raised me in the church. He has two brothers, my two uncles. One committed suicide. The other is an alcoholic and has lost his family and is still an alcoholic to this day. See, that's the kind of background my father came out of, except he heard the gospel through the screen door, and it totally changed his life. He's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the kingdom of God. He's touched people. He, has, he just sold his company recently before when he used to have his, when he, he was the owner. He just sold it two years ago because he's retiring, but when it was his company, every time we'd have a revival at the church, he would give every employee a $50 bonus if they'd go to the revival. Hundreds of people have come to Christ because of him. Because of him, I came to Christ. I traveled for ten years before I came to, before I came on staff at Shady Grove as an evangelist. During that time, we know for sure over a hundred thousand people made commitments to Christ. A few years ago, I asked my dad, "Do you remember the name of the man in Arkansas?" that shared the gospel with granddad that you, do you remember his name? He said, yeah. He told me his name and what town he lived in. I called for information and got his number. He was 81 years old. I said to him, do you remember my grandfather's name? Do you remember him and working with him? He said, yeah, I remember. I said, I'm his grandson. And I said, you don't know this, but sitting on the porch that night, my father gave his life to Christ. Did you know that? He said, I never knew that. And I said, and I'm an evangelist, and over 100,000 people have come to Christ now, and I wanted to call and tell you that it's because of you. And when you get to heaven, 100,000 souls at least are going to be in your crown because of you. And I wanted to tell you thank you. And I also wanted to tell you that a year ago, I shared Christ with my grandfather. And my grandfather gave his life to Christ. And last week, 
he went to be with the Lord. So I wanted you to know that you planted the seed. I became a Christian. Others became Christians. And then as a, the grandson, I was able to turn around and lead my grandfather to Christ. And he said to me, I'm so glad you called me because he said I have the names of every man that I've ever witnessed to in the back of my Bible. And every day I pray for those men. And he said when they come to Christ, I put a check by their name. Now remember this man's 81 years old. And he said, your grandfather was the only name in my Bible that didn't have a check beside it. And when I hang up, I'm going to go put a check beside it. And I said, how many names do you have in the back of your Bible? And he said, I'm not sure, but I know for sure it's a little over a hundred. A hundred men that a man who put asphalt in potholes won to Christ. And God turned it into a hundred thousand. See, he's a saint. Can you imagine what would happen to this town if all the saints did the work of the ministry? I want you to see yourself as ministers. Full-time ministers. If, if you work eight or ten hours a day um, at a restaurant or at a power plant or wherever it is you work, you're still a full-time minister. 24 hours a day. And the Lord wants to use you. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to do ministry tonight. We're here to do some equipping. We're here to equip you for the work of the ministry. And for those of you that have seen presbytery, I just want to remind you, we need you to do something. Do any of you remember? Pray. Because God set the body up that it won't work without the rest of the body. He gave us gifts, and our gifts work much better when you're with us and when you're praying for us. We were in one church and we stopped. And we said we're not gonna we're not gonna do any more presbytery because you're not with us. Because we can't. That's the way God set it up. So in a moment, if you've never seen presbytery, we're gonna call up the first candidates, whether it's a couple or a single, pastor will call them up, and uh, we'll begin to pray. We'll have a little piano playing in the background and we'll all begin to pray. And then Monty and I will back off and we'll begin to try and listen to what the Lord is saying. When we back off and begin to try to listen, what do you need to do? Pray more. Pray harder. Pray louder. God's not hard of hearing, but it stirs us up when we pray louder. The fervent prayer is what we need. So I need you to pray fervently tonight. I need to say, Lord, bless them. I want you to pray for the candidates just like you would want people praying for you if you were up here. Then I want you to pray for the presbyters, and I want you to say, Lord, bless them. Bless Monty. Bless Robert. Bless Robert Moore. Help him. Bless him, you know. <laughs> Help him, because he needs it more. Help him, Lord. And then when we get a word, we'll go up, the piano will stop, and we'll begin to prophesy. And then I want you to do something as well. I want you to stay with us through the prophecy. And I'm going to tell you why. And those of you who've seen Presbytery before know this. 
the Holy Spirit can speak to you even as he's speaking to someone else he, he's, he's a very gifted person the Holy Spirit he can speak to a hundred people at the same time and he can speak something different to you at the same time and many many times when we're prophesying people in the congregation the Holy Spirit says that's what you've been needing right there are you following me and it's okay to respond to the word of the Lord it's okay to say amen hallelujah praise the Lord Amen. It's okay. All right? And I mean, I just want you to stay with us and stay with us and stay with us the whole time. And we've got a five tonight, and we want to stay intense. And then after we minister to those, we're going to see if the Lord has a word for someone here and call you up and, and uh, give you a word. So the Lord's going to speak to you tonight, whether you kneel down up here, whether we call you up, or whether you're sitting right there and you see God's going to speak to you. So are you ready to hear the Lord tonight? All right, let's pray. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name for the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, I ask you for the spirit of the prophecy to be poured out in our midst tonight. Lord, pour it out on us. Holy Spirit, come and do your will tonight. Do your work tonight. Use us tonight. Lord, give us clarity of mind and clarity of speech tonight. Lord, I pray you'd stir up every person that's here to pray and to intercede and to open the heavenlies over this place, Lord. God, we ask you to pour your Spirit out in a mighty, miraculous way tonight. Lord, we receive the Spirit of prophecy. We stir up within us the gift of prophecy, Lord. And we receive the anointing for this service tonight. We receive your anointing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.